Okay, good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, everybody. We are back with another very, at least in my opinion, very significant conversation with a very, uh, who's become a, a pretty uh, a good friend of ours, Dr. Uh, Peter Hoynuski, who has a PhD in philosophy. If uh, I don't mean to put words in his mouth, he is a devout Catholic, if I'm not mistaken. And uh, we are going to speak today on a handful of uh, various subtopics relating to um, the Sister Lucy or Sister Sister Lucia alleged uh, replacement. And for those that are not familiar with Sister Lucia, she is one of the three um, individuals or children many years ago who had uh, allegedly seen the uh, Virgin Mary or the manifestation of the of the Mother Mary. And uh, without further ado, uh, Dr. Peter, sir, thank you so much for coming on and bringing all of the um, the, the evidence and, and, and um, being willing to have this discussion with us. How are you today? Great. Thanks so much for having me. Uh, it's a great to present you know, the evidence that we found in your, this venue, because it's it's important that this gets out to a, a wider audience. And that's what we were so happy to do with uh, this interview. Well, thank you so much. I just wanted to say uh, before we really uh, delve into it for the audience, for those either watching or listening on audio or video, that we also have a couple, uh, we have a, another individual behind the scenes, very credible, I will say, with respects to being in a, a police force investigating uh, sex trafficking, you name it. Uh, this individual has wished to remain anonymous, but has been, a, from my understanding, a very uh, significant individual in pushing for the truth behind this pertaining to, again, Vatican uh, Catholic Church cover-ups, uh, right. very sadly, the you know sex trafficking, all these things. Um, but without further ado, I, I did want to say that um, you, um, so you have a PhD in philosophy. and. Yes. I was wondering if you could give us a bit of a background history on what got you into this. What made you say, uh, doctor, holy crap, like this is um, <laughs> this is not what's, what um, it seems to be. Sure. Well, I was well, I, I had been giving many lectures for various uh, Catholic groups, say from 2020, excuse me, 2000 on. And uh, I worked closely with uh, Father Nicholas Gruner who has a, what was called, called a Fatima Center in Canada. He's since deceased, but um, um, so we were going around and uh, speaking about Fatima, the apparitions at Fatima, and I became very close to him and worked with him. And, um, but during all that time, we never spoke about, and it was never mentioned that there was a real problem with regard to the identity of Sister Lucy and a possible, you know, imposture. And the, only after his death, I think, I think, I don't know why it didn't come up during his life or he didn't, I think he just didn't want to open up this new uh, area because so much was going on for him with regard to, you know, conflicts with Rome and so on. But uh, after his death um, and, you know, after just reflecting on the various uh, images that were coming in uh, from um, various sources, uh, for example, the Fatima Shrine in Portugal and all that the Internet allows you to do uh, with regard to uh, counterposing images, just looking at the various images from the various stages supposed stages of Sister Lucy of Fatima's life, I saw clearly that there was a difficulty, it was a problem. There seemed to be 
an inconsistency in how she looked, how she presented herself and uh, her general attitude towards things as recorded in various conversations. And so um, we, I decided to, one, a friend of mine, Cornelia Ferreira, who was actually Canadian, uh, she said, well, okay, there's a problem. It looks, there looks like there's a problem, but prove it. Prove that there's a problem or prove that there's not a problem. Right. And so I started a tax exempt um, educational corporation here in Washington State, Sister Lucy Truth. And uh, we're, we've dedicated our funds and our efforts to getting scientific reports on various aspects of the pictures, the handwriting, uh, the voice, whatever voice uh, we have, what, the videos of the later Sister Lucy, what we now know is the later Sister Lucy. And we've sent them to various experts of all different types, whether it's surgeons, dentists, uh, super recognizers, um, forensic artists, um, all these different types of specialties that can analyze the photos or analyze the various writings from the different periods to see if there was a continuity of person. Because that's what we're talking about, whether we're dealing with the same person, this famous individual, the only survive the, the, the woman who was one of the three seers at Fatima, the other two, Jacinta and Francisco, died in during the time of the Spanish flu as very young children in 1919 and 1920. Um, she, she, you know, lived, she went into the, she was educated, Sister Lucia, she went to the convent. Uh, she was in the Dorothean sisters in Spain and then became a Carmelite in Portugal, Carmelite sister uh, in Portugal. And so we're analyzing those pictures, that data, uh, to see if there was continuity of individual, uh, continuity of identity. And what we found and what one report after another reported was that there was not continent, uh, continuity of individual, that what you have are two individuals. Uh, one individual that we can identify all the way up until at least 1957. And then a new individual who comes onto the scene on May 13th, 1967, when they had the 50th uh, celebration of the 50th anniversary of the apparition at Fatima, in 1967 now sorry uh, sorry doctor before you go okay. on i just want to clarify for the audience uh sister sure. lucy or lucia as they call her or lucia okay. yes um was born in 1907 and she uh, uh, saw um the, the the manifestation with the other two children in 1917 correct. yes there, in 1917 yes. okay correct okay. yes there was there was various apparitions normally on the 13th of every month from may to october and of course we're talking about a very important apparition, a very important event, because in July 1917, a miracle was predicted. Uh, Lucia asked for a miracle so that everyone could could believe that Our Lady was appearing, the Blessed Virgin Mary was appearing, and um, 
and that they were telling the truth about what was being said by the Virgin. And uh, uh, the Blessed Virgin Mary promised a miracle in October, October 13th and of that year. And she- Of, of sorry, which, which year? Okay, 1917. Okay. And uh, so she repeated that promise in August of 1917, uh, September of 1917, and then the miracle itself occurred at, no at noon, at uh, midday uh, in, on October 13, 1917, this famous miracle, the sun, in which the sun uh, uh, in front of 70,000 people appeared to gy gyrate, uh, change color. Everyone looked at the sun and right. without any kind of squinting, without any kind of hesitation, the sun seemed to uh, plunge to the earth and uh, as in this apocalyptic scene and then return slowly to its uh, heavenly seat, if you will. Um, and, uh, you know, that converted many a non-believer uh, who went there to just sort of mock the whole thing. Uh, many Freemasonic uh, newspapers and uh, publications uh, covered the story and you know even uh one of them because of the intervention of one of the journalists who was there actually published two issues in which they had pictures from the story about uh, about the miracle of the sun and uh it was also reported in the new york times after it occurred in october 1917 so it was a worldwide event and it was you know she uh, Sister Lucy, the one who became Sister Lucy, Lucia dos Santos of a nearby village in, in Portugal, uh, she was the one, after the death of her two cousins, she was the one who sort of continued to, you know, spread the message. She was sort of the embodiment of the message and the apparition at Fatima. And uh, she, you know, she entered the religious life and she continued to speak to those who would visit her in the convent, whether it was in Spain in the 1930s and 40s or, you know, the Carmel uh, in Portugal in uh, the 19, late 1940s and throughout the 50s, throughout most of the 50s. So she continued to speak to them. And um, so this was she's a very important individual and i'm pro you probably have heard of something called the third secret of fatima uh, right. the third secret of fatima which was given to the children in july of 1917 and that the first two secrets which dealt with you know a vision of hell and a vision of sort of the spread of atheistic communism and the beginning of World War II. That's right. the second secret. The third secret was, was not given. Uh, it was because of obedience, she wrote it down in the 1940s, but it was not revealed to the world. And, um, you know, my, my, my parents remember uh, that in a lead up to 1960, the whole Catholic world was, because it was supposed to be revealed by 1960. Right. And in the lead up to this event, uh, the revelation of the third secret, 
there was a lot of anticipation. Finally, we're going to find out what, you know, what was, what was so important that it yeah. couldn't be released until a much uh, a later date. Sorry, uh, sorry, doctor. If, if I may okay. ask uh, before you go on, I'm probably who... giving too much at once. Oh, here. no, 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 no. This is yeah. fantastic. Thank you. I, I just wanted to clarify for the sure. audience. Uh, who do you think, or do we have on paper who officially said like, no, 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 this is not getting out. The third one is not getting out to the people. Okay. Yes, we know. Um, it was, so with all this anticipation, it was released in 1959 that, um, you know, everyone is, is expecting at any minute the, the release right. of the third secret. Then in 1959, I think it was January or February, I can't quite remember, um, the, the this sort of the Vatican or you know, a, a press release from the Vatican that was unsigned said that the third secret would not be revealed probably ever that and um, that, you know, it, that was it, <laughs> yeah. you know, a little more to it, but that basically it would it would not be revealed. So don't look for it. And uh, we're putting it on in this, you know, in the file cabinet somewhere, you know, down in, you know, the basement, but it right. uh, would not be revealed. So there was that incredible disappointment that sort of engulfed the Catholic world and in, in 1959, 1960. And, and yet the whole probably part of the main mission of uh, Sister Lucia of Fatima was to bring forward the information in that third secret and right you know and then of course you know of course we we believe from what we've seen and with the data and the scientific analysis that there was a substitute that was brought in and uh that substitute uh, when the Vatican said, oh, we're releasing the third secret finally in, ninth, in two, the year 2000, uh, she was there when they spoke about it, and she just kept applauding when they spoke about a, a third secret that really was of not much interest. It was obviously a vision that had been had, but there was nothing strong apocalyptic it was being it, so sorry it was being it was being downplayed per se it was being, it, the, the whole thing was being downplayed and what was presented was an image but very benign right uh, sort of devotional which everyone recognized it from the beginning that this can't be the third secret of fatima because well first of all it was it was kept a secret all these years um then they interpreted and then there was also this interpretation that uh, this vision described the assassination attempt against John Paul II in 1981, mm. and which he survived the, uh, right. the assassination attempt. So that, it, that's the it, one where, sorry, he was praying and the bullet hit him just Yeah, well, no, he was actually going around the crowd. Oh, okay. Uh, on, on May 13th, uh, night, you know, which is the day uh, that our uh, the Blessed Virgin appeared to the children at Fatima for the first time in 1917. So it was on that anniversary day, he was going around uh, St. Peter's Square and he was shot um, by this member of the Gray Wolves uh, from Turkey. Um, and uh, 
they they said in their interpretation in 2000 that well the third secret really relates to that and um it's all about sort of john paul ii and you know that assassination attempt so in other words they had hijacked the third secret because clearly i mean why would why would it be said by sister lucy that this that the blessed virgin told her that this secret had to be revealed in by by 1960 when it only when it supposedly when it according to vatican dealt with an assassination attempt 21 years in the future which mm. didn't even you know work which didn't yeah. work in the john paul so you're saying, you're saying right so you're essentially saying like why cover this up for so long why shroud so much secrecy around it if it was just right. a simple unsuccessful right. assassination attempt well, what did what, what did the third secret say duck you right. know, <laughs> what was the message what was right. the message? what was it supposed to convey so Got you. It, it's yes. absurd they hijacked the, the third secret just like from what we found they hijacked the persona the identity of sister lucia dos santos right okay so i i wanted to uh, bring up as well that even for those that are watching or listening that are not you know devout catholics or anything of the uh, of the sort um I, I just wanted to bring up as well that i feel this is significant regardless of where your uh, religious beliefs or ideological beliefs stem because i think it speaks to a larger picture uh correct me doctor if i'm wrong of just major suppression by institutions that are supposed to be again very positively oriented very spiritual um, um, and, and things yeah. like this well this is this is a vatican secret of the highest order okay now uh, before we delve into the, the some of the data that you've brought with you and thank you so sure. much by the way for that um let's just a quick recap for the audience so sister lucia born 1907 1917 yeah. along with two other children she sees the the, the blessed mother mary um and on and then from there she is given these three secrets or three um predictions if you will yes. of what's going to come yes. now does she write these three down do we have any record of what happened there like over the years before she allegedly yes. got replaced she wrote she wrote down the first two uh pr prior to the 1940s she wrote them down and they were actually released to the public and the third secret she said she she had a, a difficult she had she couldn't write it down she was so upset or she was so moved or she was so i don't know hesitant that she didn't write it down and she only wrote it down by order of her bishop because she herself had fallen ill and uh with the with the, the spanish flu going around again and uh she herself had fallen ill and he ordered her to write it down so under obedience she wrote it down and um you know we we and that's the the secret that that can you know was oh, its revelation was awaited for decades and decades by the catholic world and the world itself because it was always thought to have some kind of if we want to use the word apocalyptic right certain way we don't know the content but it it was a, thought to be of such great significance and importance and even uh revealing some kind of threat to humanity that uh it should be revealed 
by the time of her death, she said, or by 1960, that the Blessed Virgin Mary had had demanded that, that it be revealed. And it's thought that if it, if 1960 came and it wasn't revealed, that Sister Lucy would, you know, go on the radio or find some way of releasing the information Do that we... had been entrusted to her. But of course, right. it never happened. Right. Do we do we happen to know? Do we have some type of um, uh, not that I would ask you for uh, specifics off the top of your head at the moment, but do we have some type of a paper trail of, say, for example, she writes down, you know, on this on a piece of paper what she's seen. It's then given to, say, you know, a bishop, a cardinal, you name it. Do we is there any evidence of some of the, you know, fake handwriting of her fake letters being published? uh, Oh, yes. Yeah. Yeah. If if you're readers are, are your, excuse me your listeners are um interested in this we have it in the sisterlucytruth.org we have a whole section on handwriting an analysis professional uh, analysis of her handwriting through the years and we found uh a number two two or three letters that are clear in the are clearly uh forgeries and the right. our handwriting e- expert uh baggett showed that they were forgeries and he you know we were shocked really we well we weren't shocked because we knew that there was a problem but right. but he came back and said that all the letters that he looked at from 19 1969 through uh the 80s uh that they had they were forgeries very clever forgeries and on our on our website sisterlucytruth.org he you know lays out his report and it's a sworn affidavit that he's he says he'll stand up to uh, stand up with in court and uh testify to so i mean we try to get everything right scientifically analyzed but but they showed that these letters were forged, that they were not in her handwriting. The original Lucy, who has many journals, many right. letters from mm-hmm. the 20s. Oh, so just to 40s. clarify, there was something to cross-reference that those absolutely. letters with. Absolutely, absolutely. And oh, okay. there was a whole a whole uh, journal um, that, that she was writing, other letters that she wrote in response to Vatican questions. So there, there is a whole, uh, you know, line of different things, uh, letters and journals that can be looked at through the years. And that's what he analyzed. And, um, you know, our expert has appeared on, um, you know, CBS News as, uh, you know, expert and the mainstream media, um, you know, and, and he, he's, a, he's one of the greatest um, experts in handwriting in the United States. So... Um, yeah, and, and it's interesting also from just looking at the whole thing from the broader perspective that uh, the letters, the forged letters from 1969. Sorry, doctor, yeah. when you say letters, do you mean actual like a full on paper or you mean yes. letter like, okay, full, full on, on paper? paper okay. yeah. um, that they That they speak of the complete obedience. 
All right. Sorry about that, everyone. Quick little technical difficulty. Those watching or listening will not notice, obviously. You'll just notice that uh, Dr. Peter was just abruptly uh, you know, <laughs> cut off, not by me or Camden this time, but actually by just technology itself. But um, <laughs> we were we were speaking on the uh, the subject of the handwriting and the note. You yes. said that um, yes. you, uh, well, I you remember, yeah. right, yeah. Uh, an expert that went to been all over the mainstream media, uh, sure. to, to, willing to testify in front of any body of any kind, whether it's yes. political or religious you name it. Um, right. Did you want to continue on that thought? And if not, I wanted to follow up some questions about that. Right. Yes. And um, it's pretty interesting when you see uh, the letter, the first letter that um, comes out as a forgery from 1969. It has to do with Sister Lucy basically uh, test saying that we need to show uh complete obedience to you know the basically the pope and um meaning uh you know paul the sixth at the time and uh that you know he's the good shepherd and he's the the one leading us when um you know he was doing some many 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 things that very much altered um the church and the presentation of the church to the world and um you know it was very indicative of probably the reason why there was a change of sister lucy what year uh, was this uh sorry this, was, this letter was from 1969. we okay. believe that the change over from the real sister lucy to the imposter occurred about 10 years before. So around 59-ish. Like 59-ish, yes. So, you know, that the, that the imposter would come out with this idea Which of- Which my, uh, my, my point actually though, is that's key and makes sense because the third secret was supposed to go public 1960, you would Correct. say, right? And so replace her a year sooner when it yes. is 1960, she can't go on those radio shows. She can't, she can't go, go on those broadcast. radio shows. Yeah, right, so it would make it, sense that that is the year. Sure, and uh, there is some testimony and, you know, it's not documented, but there is testimony that she wanted to get on the air in 1959 and present to the world something you know she didn't they, they, there was never any indication of exactly what but we can just imagine what she wanted to present to the world instead what happens is that in the summer in july of 1959 there's mm. a statement made by her diocese saying saying that sister lucy has no more to say about fatima no more to say so just when we're expecting something to be said, uh, there's no more to be said. So now, it really yeah. indicated that she was going to be shut down. It's interesting, however, that the woman who we've identified as the imposter, Sister right. Lucy, published one book after another about <laughs> Fatima in the years following, like in the 70s and the right. 80s. O almost as if to convince, almost as almost as if to convince the masses um, she was that she was Lucy. the real that she right. was the real deal and also to totally change the whole message of fatima and uh to spin it the way the contemporary vatican right because we've fun. we've spoken and and it seems right in those years the vatican itself kind of switched um 
narratives um, kind no of doubt. things, right? Yeah. Yes, it, it's it switched from what everyone would probably recognize as the Catholic faith and the Catholic apologetic to the world, and um, to a, a, a basically a focus on man on a new world that was being built according you know to them and um basically i would say to make it simple the new world order that the right. that the catholic church would be a functionary and a loyal servant of the new world order mm. and uh of course sister lucy the original would never would never go never would have hung around right. with that. absolutely I, right if i if i could if you read her writings yeah. She, she's what you would anyone in the world would identify as a typically devout catholic soul and uh right. she would she would never go along with you know worship of pagan gods say on uh saint peter's in saint peter's basilica i i did want to mention as well for our audience that is uh that, that that's either watching visually or listening with audio that uh, keep in mind folks the uh relative to our content like camden and my content the um the timing pertaining to the 50s of again you know the the overall aspect of the vatican playing into that whole concept of a of an overarching agenda um again not to sort of just you know speculate and, and throw um things into dr peter's presentation but just keep that in mind folks uh, you'll see where the, what i many of you will see what we mean by that. timing of things we talk about exactly. right exactly. yeah that's why that's why the scientific aspect of this investigation is so important right. because it show it here's scientific evidence that there was a change of this right. one woman who could have probably brought down the Vatican's entire agenda. No, not could have. Probably no, she could have had she the ability have. to. Would have yes. not just could have would have she brought would've. down the Vatican's whole agenda, and so therefore she had to disappear. And guess what? according to the best and the brightest who could analyze these things she disappeared she disappeared and someone else who doesn't i mean i don't think she looks like yeah. her at all and if right. she presents some she doesn't look like her at all she doesn't think like her at all and she doesn't even, she doesn't even write like her so um this is a huge thing because it's a science you know many see that there's a problem many see that there's a difference um but here's yeah. scientific evidence that there is a concrete difference between what was before and what came after right now um the um i did want to ask if we before we delve into the the, the data and the evidence the if we were to take another angle uh of this say uh, an investigative sure. angle like you've been doing for so long and yeah. so well in my opinion um let's just say for example the the note right let's just say it was a piece sure. of paper are we able are, are we just so um could we by chance track like the note was given to say this bishop or this priest and then so on and so forth was there ever a point where it was like oh the note was locked away or we don't know where the, it went the third secret the third secret you're talking about correct yeah. correct if you're talking about the third secret yes we can we know it was we know it was written down in 1943 uh and then it was it was passed on it was given over to her bishop okay and and it was not conveyed and and it was not conveyed to the holy see it was not conveyed to rome until the 1950s 
And then it was conveyed uh, to Rome. And um, if it was given to Pope Pius XII. And um, according to some, he read it in 1957 and was going to release it, but died before he did. Um, but otherwise, you know, they testified that they put it away. It was put away in a desk in the Vatican and, um, and uh, you know, in, in the papal apartments. And um, someone actually looked at it when they actually wrote it down, when she wrote it down and they put it in an envelope, someone actually looked at it against uh, the light and could sort of peer into the envelope and saw that it was a message made up of about 21 lines of writing. Okay. And uh, that those lines of writing, you know, is sort of a succinct message. What was released by the Vatican as the third secret was a, a lengthy text <laughs> and not 21 lines of writing at all that could fit in a small envelope. It wasn't even supposed to be, you know, in an in envelope at all. It was part of her, um, part of her, you know, great extended writings. And um, so, you know, that that's a big difference. The original we knew right. was 21 lines. Kept do you, in, sorry, uh, doctor, do, do you think, Sorry, I, I don't mean to interrupt you. Sure. When uh, when Sister Lucy gave the the, the letter to her yes. bishop, do you think between that period of you know the bishop having it and the years that Pi Pope Pius was supposed to uh, allegedly release it, do you think there was internal bickering within the Vatican? Like, okay, geez, like what the hell do we do with this letter? Like, how do we like should we bring it out, or do you think it was flat out like maybe even the bishop didn't bring it to the to the Holy See? Well, no. Um... He no, I don't think there was any. There was no um, bickering as to, uh, you know, what when it should be brought or um, what if it should be released. Um, it there was a question of whether Pope Pius XII actually read it, you know, during his uh. lifetime. He died in nineteen October nineteen fifty eight, um, but there was there was because there was always this, this 1960 attached to it. There was always this date, 1960, that it should be revealed by that date. And in fact, the emphasis was basically in 1960, we're gonna find out what the third secret was. Well, by the time 1960s around comes around, it, they've already said they're not gonna release it. They're gonna put it away and we're never going to find out what it really is, perhaps. And, um, you know, Sister Lucy has no more to say about Fatima. Basically, don't worry about it. And um, and that's where it stood until this, this strange third secret was right. in 2000. That, that's very, it's, it, you know, it's, it's clearly a vision. Maybe it relates or it was accompanied the actual third secret but clearly the content of that secret in no way right expresses the magnitude the importance of uh the third secret as the vatican knew it as sister lucy knew it as the whole catholic world knew it
Right. Now, speaking of which, the books in which were written uh, allegedly by, you know, Sister Lucia, yes. but we would presume, you know, the fate, the, the, the fate, the replacement uh, for many, many years after. Yes. How um, again, I know everyone is of their own opinion. I don't I don't expect you to speak on behalf of the rest of, you know, Catholics. But how was that received at the time? Was that even questioned or was that like, oh, no, Sister Lucy just wrote a bunch of books? Um, it was, it was received as sister Lucy wrote a bunch of books because, because hardly anyone knows about the deception. Hardly anyone knows about the replacement. Right. Hardly any, it's, it's not known. It's only known, you know, about it now. And in certain limited, yeah. uh, you know, Catholic circles and it's, we put it on the internet. And if you look up sister Lucy of Fatima, most of the sites that you pull up are from our uh, investigation. But in the general Catholic world, this is not known, this fact that there was a replacement put in around 1959, as far as we know. Certainly by 1967, there was a, a replacement put in. Uh, most of the Catholic world doesn't know about it. Most of the world doesn't know about it. It would be on, you know, Drudge Report and CNN and if it actually burst forward, it should be because right. it's, uh, it's, it's from my perspective, from the perspective of a believing Catholic or Christian or anyone who appreciates historical truth, uh, it should be on the front page everywhere. Yes. Just like the various scandals, um, from, uh, coming from the clergy, um, you know, for in mostly in the eighties and you know seventies, and um, just like those were all over, this should be, and if we can get it out, it will be, you know, worldwide news, right? Of, of worldwide import, absolutely, absolutely. Um, speaking of which, if it's all right with you, doctor, let's uh, for the uh, with the audience and all that, let's take a look at some of these uh, the comparison photos. Um, okay, if, if yeah. that's all right, uh, and then sure. we'll get into the specific like the State Department document and, sure. and all that. Um, sure. Camden, whichever one side by side, I know there's a few of them. Uh, whichever ones you want to put up first. This one right here on the screen right now, inline image, that is yep. our, okay. that is supposed to be our old sister Lucy, new sister Lucy. Yes, that's the old sister Lucy, and I, what I would say is the real sister Lucy. Uh, the the identif okay, you switched. Oh, <laughs> you I know, I yeah, know, I didn't yeah, okay, that. okay. That's the um, yeah, that's the old sister Lucy. Those that picture was taken in 1946 when she was in the okay, so 1946. She's uh, what 39 years old. And um, she's in Fatima. She visits Fatima. Did I say 1946? Yeah, 1946. Yes. Uh, she visits Fatima again. She's in the Dorothean order. Okay, that's an order of nuns that was based in uh, Spain. And she, she returns, you know, she sees her family again. And if you look at her, she, I mean, she's sort of, she's unique individual. She has a very, this touch of the uh, Portuguese peasant, you know, right, yep. appearance. And um, she's very seeming like a humble uh, aura about her and um, very unique facial characteristics. Well, so and, I want I want to, uh, I'm just going to do a duck, duck, go, yeah. Sister okay. Lucy. And yeah, I want, yeah. I want, I'm curious, actually, like how many of these photos are? Find that one. one how many are the old one? You know what I mean? Right, sure. 
So this is just Maybe, images. Okay, right okay. There, if so you get that, if you get one of those, right, right, you just hit it right there. You can okay. This okay. is okay. So this yeah. is are the those the same person? Right. Are those one the same is from person? one is from nineteen forty six about, and the other is from uh, about nineteen ninety two. So and what, what was the the, last, the the left one yeah. is 1946 the, the right one is 1942 are the, is that the same individual it doesn't it's it, i mean the chin changes drastically yeah uh, sorry 1946 and 1952 first one, no no no, no. 1946 oh, the original and then 1992 approximately oh, the, 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 the one Right so now, I, under, that's I understand. Like forty years difference. Yeah, right. It's like they're forty years. One is the right is forty years older than the left. Now this no. is the thing. I was gonna say I understand that I'm not. You know, I'm not an expert in the way that you know people when yes. they age, the skin loosens and yes. things like this. But the the elasticity of the skin, the collagen, and all that. But the, what has anyone even questioned this, uh, doctor? Or well, like there have been a few. <laughs> There have been a few, I mean, certainly, and I can, yeah. I can name a few, but but a few whose voices have not been generally heard, you know. And they and one has you know spent his life, I know, um, you know, looking into various aspects of it. Some others came out with the information, or you know, sort of superimposed the images and spoke about it, but uh, there was never any scientific investigation into it before. Uh, Sister Lucy Truth, you know, started. Right. So, and um, and what? Sorry, I, if anyone I mean, had. There should be more. Yeah. I mean, yeah. All of our experts. So many of our experts have come to us and said, after analyzing everything and seeing the the difference, and and they know exactly why what the difference is and why there's a difference because of their specialty. They say, well, why hasn't this been discussed before? We say we don't is know. there any <laughs> official I, I think before we started recording we had mentioned sure. the um uh uh what's it called the the people say oh she got dentures or something like this is is this i mean like the i mean teeth, the, the whole tooth line uh was i'm out you see here gums all of that changes right all of it changes the the, the 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 actual sister lucy did have teeth the, her teeth replaced in the 1940s and um, because her, her teeth were terrible and, um, and she did get dentures and, and, but we, the, the experts take this all into account. They know all this, right, yeah. they know it. They, and they say over and over again, that not only would this not change the basic facial structure, but what happens to the face as it gets older, the opposite should happen if the woman had dentures. Well, I mean, so, the thought would also be this photo on the left. Yes. It, it ha that person has dentures, it sounds like, in your timeline. She's already had her teeth replaced here. So, um, I, not, I'm, not yet. Not okay. yet. Not yet. Uh, she, with, yeah, within... I'm trying to think within a couple of years. I thought said, okay, yeah, place. absolutely. Yes. Right. yes. But uh, we, you see the whole, you see the difference in the chin. There's other, there's other photos in which the chin and, and the experts always say, well, look at, I mean, the chin and they look at it from their own scientific perspective, but the chin is so important, but yeah. also, you know, the nose, the nose, the, the relationship between the eyebrows 
you know, the cheekbones, the right. whole structure the, of the so face. So much of the face actually just visibly changes. I mean, just intuitively, if you looked at those two women, would you say that we're looking at the same? And it's not like no. she went and like got plastic surgery to like you know do herself up. <laughs> right. She's most, she, this is yeah. Most no. people don't join a Carmelite convent to get you know to, yeah. plastic surgery. Right. Could you? Sorry, Camden. Could could you pull up another comparison image while we while we keep talking just for the audience to get a a, a change in. Um, you see how many how many of our photos are on the internet? I know. I really I, did like yeah. that. Yeah. Uh, see, this is from our this is from our Lois Gibson. Can I? Can you pull that? Okay. One's a, a forensic on, artist. One's a forensic artist report. Um, I think one? the um, it's, it was a little bit up. It was like okay. a drawing of sister. Right, right there. You just came up to it. It's the third line down. It's like a, at the far left. The far left, there's a this picture thing? of an older woman, not her, the next one over. Okay. Yeah, her, yes. Okay, this is what Lois Gibson, okay, we asked Lois Gibson, who is who has the world's record, she's in the Guinness Book of World World's Records, for identifying the most criminals with her forensic art, okay? Really? She's cool. also done dentistry she's also been trained in dentistry and facial reconstruction mm. and you know reconstructing faces from bones and all this and um she this is her portrayal of what sister lucy should have been like at the age of 60 this based on what she looked like in those pictures from the 1940s and the 1950s this is what she should have looked like in her later age okay when she was you know 60s and 70s and so that is nowhere close to nowhere what that other, close. Yeah. and but you see in this there's this sense of sort of portuguese peasant sort of this you know, looks like uh, the photo that we were looking at before this like, looks um, like the left one absolutely a, a, a face with character right yeah. a face with this unique character and with this sort of inner joy and and unique you know spiritual identity and then right. okay at the, right the top there yes the top no, okay and this is what she looked okay yeah no well yeah that's an older picture but uh um those pictures oh no the the black and white one over just one over that that that's what she actually looked like no that, excuse me that's what the woman who came forward in 1967—that's what she actually looked like. Remember the other forensic, right? Yeah, that's what she should have looked like. This is this what, is what the, the new one, the the imposter, actually looked like right. in 1967. You you tell me that they're they're close. Could no. you, uh, sorry, Camden? Could you put a, a pull up the um in, in the uh, PDF the Our Lady of Fatima Nun comparison two? Um, individual A and B, that particular one. That's Lois Gibson's, yeah. Um, not this, not this one. We'll oh, get to that in a second. Okay, that, one. Right here, that, yeah. one, that one. Okay, okay. That that's important too. This is Lois Gibson from Lois Gibson's report, and you can see the detailed analysis that just astounds me when I when I go through it myself. I can't believe how, how you know how detailed her analysis was and the differences. Let me just tell you. This this Guinness Book of World Record specialist 
in exactly this topic, kind of topic, she said to, to us in an email that it is impossible that these two women be the same person. Impossible. She told you, she told you directly. She told me directly. And we have it in an email. We cite it on our website. I mean, and it, it looks report, blatantly not the same person, right? It's it just impossible doesn't. that they be the same person. Yeah. And, you know, she has no horse in the race of any type. So she was like, well, I could write you eight reports about this. I've written you three. You know, it's better. Just, it's sometimes it's better not to say too much because the it's so obvious right and it's so clear in the reports that i've written that these are not the same individual i mean if you want absolutely walk through all all, all uh five of these points you we, we can i mean uh, i mean if quite very quickly the nasal bone of uh picture a is narrower than b this causes the eyebrow hair growth excuse me one second uh, this causes the eyebrow mm -hmm. hair growth to occur closer together in the horizontal center of the super uh Super calorie or super super Yeah. Yeah. Arc of, of individual A compared to the wider apart eyebrows of B. Uh, point number two is that the eyes are closer together yeah. due to uh, uh, number point one. number one. Yeah. Uh, point number three is that the bottom third of the nose is narrower in individual A compared to individual B. The nostril holes of individual A are rounder, more vis visible, excuse me, when viewed frontally, and those holes are closer together on individual A than on B. The nasal holes of individual A are a different shape than the nasal holes of individual B. Uh, the fourth point, uh, second last point, is that individual A's philtrum, the distance from the bottom of the nose to the top edge of the top lip, is longer than individual B's philtrum. Yep. And point number five is that the lips of individual A are narrower on the horizontal plane than individual B. The top lip of individual A is wider on the vertical plane than individual B's top lip. A and lot. the bottom lip of A is thicker on the vertical plane and protrudes further forward beyond the horizontal indention or indention, excuse me, below the lips compared to individual B. Yeah. Is that, that, that's yeah. Accurate, uh, I mean, doctor. That yeah. is that is point by point down the entire face, and she didn't even mention the chin because that no, she, that's on another page. Yeah, right. that's on another page. Can we can yeah. we jump to the chin if that's yeah, I mean, the if chin that's, picture, Camden? Yeah, look at that. Look at look at the difference. I mean, yeah. she goes from nothing to like a crimson chin. <laughs> out there. You you said it. Yeah. This is, I mean, uh, and we we've had maxial facial surgeons, and 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 facial reconstruction experts. Yeah, you can't. That that this is not possible. I don't care if you got dentures or not. This is right. not right. You you your jaw does not move that much forward, become it, that it, much it more defined. The, as you get older, it moves in the opposite direction. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. So. <laughs> I, I wanted Ooh. to ask, Doctor, before we go on to the next photos to analyze yeah. the rest, and then we'll, we'll 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 top it off with the with the obviously the State Department document. But sure. have you or your colleagues received any um, corporate institutional pushback? Like, um, have you guys tried to go to you know? Um, you said you had an expert on that. He's uh, he or she has appeared on CBS. You name it. Yes, and yes. Have Have you guys tried as as the Sister Lucy Truth organization tried and and have you guys been knocked down or not um, not acknowledged anything? Like this? Uh, well, it's not 
sometimes among some sort of apologists for the Vatican, you know, laymen, they don't never do with clergy. Laymen right. have gone after us as, oh, this is absurd. You know, this is, you know, flying saucers on, you know, and tin, yeah. tin foil hats. And right. uh, this is nuts. That's their approach to us completely. One that just came out said, well, you didn't know that uh, that we, that if you have dentures, it changes your whole appearance, you know, and, and that Sister Lucy had dentures, therefore you're full of crap, basically. Would and, you consider you know, bringing we this? Said, to, we said to yeah. them, you know, we know that we, it, it's included in the, um, in the scientists reports. And it says that if you, she got dentures, it would it would work in the opposite direction. It, it more perfectly proves that this is not the same woman. We know this, but they you know anything you come forward with that the the establishment of any type doesn't yep. want to acknowledge. They rather than deal with the issues, rather than do what we're doing now, looking at the actual evidence. All yep. they're doing is saying you're nuts. This is crazy uh there's nothing let's move on you know they just made mm -hmm. something up they saw oh she got a you know fly on her chin or something and therefore right they don't you know that's why it's different and now just curious have you brought have you i mean i would imagine that you would probably not even consider bringing this to say your local archdiocese or you name it because they would just dis not even consider it just dismiss it but no, if I, 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 just on just for the sake of putting this on the record have you sure. If I may ask, have you gone to anyone? And if so, who? Uh, we uh, not, not just the church, but the, any, okay. we have not gone to any other than on the internet, other than on interviews, uh, right. podcasts. Uh, and uh, we have not gone and presented this because. There's no point. They're, they're going to say, yeah. No, I mean, yeah. They'll it's shut down immediately. And, and, yeah. also, and also, this is um, an ongoing thing. <laughs> So we have reports in the works that have still not gone up and, you know, we're either waiting for this or that, but, uh, and we also have other tests that we've, we're, we've planned that we haven't, you know, sent the information to or, or contacted the experts. But there have so, been individuals or bodies of people that have yes. tried to ridicule your work. Correct. Yes. Yes. Okay. On the internet, they, you, you know, you can, you can see them, you know, we've put, we even put them up sometimes ourselves uh, from on the Sister Lucy Truth uh, YouTube channel. Right. Uh, you know, we post them ourselves just because, well, okay, mock us, but look at the evidence that shows that you're wrong or it's that so i mean well this photo right here look yes. at the, the left compared to the at. right um i, I did want to ask a yeah. doctor it says here why uh, did cardinal ratzinger pose for a photo with the imposter lucy may yeah. i ask the significance of cardinal ratzinger okay well joseph ratzinger who became you know benedict the 16th um was always touted as a very a conservative uh, he actually was, in one way or another, in charge of the whole Sister Lucy case, or the Sister Lucy file, if you will, from the time he was appointed um, to the, you know, basically what we used to call the Holy Office, you know, right. of, uh, in, in, with John Paul II in the early 80s, all the way until he was elected to the papacy, 
in 2005 and then you know after that till 2013 he was in charge of the sister lucy file he actually came out in 2000 with an interpretation of the third secret that basically says the whole thing was about you know the assassin john paul ii assassination so he he orchestrated this generally we could say um he I mean, sorry, he orchestrated a, a part of the narrative. He, part of he, the, he, he knew about the whole thing, at yeah, least bare we, I have no doubt that he's, yeah. he knows about the whole thing because it's, again, it's a state secret of the highest order. Right. This mm. should come out that they got rid of Sister Lucy in one way or another in, right. in the late 50s and were putting someone else in her place to act her part to steal her persona if that got out well it would be a the, crisis like the whole belief structure seen. the whole belief structure would crumble at least well, the belief structure the whole trust in them right yes yeah would, would crumble because if they could do this to someone who i believe was a seer uh, of you know of the blessed virgin mary's apparitions and she you know she was the designated messenger of the whole fatima uh, secret and um you know apparition uh well then that's a huge thing did you bump her off yeah it, it changes the whole, bump the, her whole off? The, the whole who, game who there because it? who got yeah. rid of her where did she go was she killed yeah who is this woman that obviously took her place who is she I challenged the Vatican. Who is she? Yeah. She, anyone. I mean, we've got scientific analysis, but our science, our scientist says, well, you know, we, we do our scientific investigation, but really an eight year old could see that there's a difference. Do the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. I was uh, sorry, Camden. Could you um, jump to either one of the uh, hand pictures of the photo tampering? Um, I believe there's two more pictures of the uh, hands, um, two more sets of pictures, and then we'll go to the, the State Department document. Okay. No, I just got to go this way. There we go. The, the, just that one? Oh, my goodness, yeah. These dogs. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, well, you see, it's hard to tell because I'm not sure if you got sent all the pictures, but you see the one with Paul VI down at um, on the bottom. That was at, at Fatima. And then supposedly Sister Lucy next to him. Well, you're, you're, no, okay, you're focusing on the pictures. Just focus on that for a minute. Well, um, this is supposed to be from May 13th, 1967. That is a Photoshop. And, I can tell. That's a photo, okay, yeah. you said it? 100%. Yeah. No, yeah. that first. Her, our, uh, our, our um, jaw surgeon who analyzed the picture said, well, you know, that's, that's not. She, with the lighting if i could say do, doctor now there. yes if i maybe that was uh, very good work at the time with you know very little to no computers but right. this is some i could tell you now this is something that you know my my younger brother could do a better job <laughs> on in, in a couple right. hours you know and but listen this came out in in a newspaper about uh in fatima uh from fatima in ninth in the next month june 1967 they were putting out these images and we actually have the source image somewhere. Uh, I'm not sure if we sent it to you, but actually, well, obviously she wasn't there. She wasn't standing near Paul the six and that camera is clearly the only thing next to him. You see the camera in the background. 
of behind her head. That's the only thing there. She was put in, but in order to put these pictures together, I guess they had to they had to alter the fingers. And it well, looked they how just, odd. just sloppy. They just they just thought they just thought that's good. No one's going to no know it. They right. didn't know that the internet was coming. Yeah. Right. Uh, Camden, I just sent you on uh, Zoom chat um, a document called yeah. handprints comparison. Yeah, I got you. If you could pull that up, and then we'll um, after we uh, after the, uh, the the kind doctor explains to us what we're looking at there, um, we'll look at the State Department. Here we go. Yeah, we're still this is actually sort of in process. One of our one of my guys <laughs> um, who who does a lot for us has said, well, you know, you can look at handprints and there's a science of it. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, it's like a fingerprint. So this is sort of in process. We're getting the pictures together to submit to an expert. But, um, you know, there's clear differences here, and I think it's worth pursuing uh, because the handprints are different, and uh, that's that's a, that's something in process, along with you know various other aspects of the photograph. Well, you, you know, you know what's great, doctor, about these yes. things being in process, but still yes. putting it out to the public is yes. that there may be someone that will pause this video and say, "Hey, we see something," you know that. Sure. That yeah. Absolutely. And and they could say. Well, you know, you should really look into this. You need there's experts on this. You should submit right. this information to them, which is what we do. And uh, you know, we've we've come up recently where we submitted it to um, the various pictures to um, uh, facial recognition experts that work with the FBI. And uh, yeah, and well, they said this was the latest one. We we had this whole line of reports saying well it's definitely not her it can't be her the same person this one says well we don't know <laughs> it could be one ah. way I said, okay well that's what you say you know uh we sounds we, like the uh, fbi to me <laughs> <laughs> but you know okay you said that we're gonna publish it we're getting it ready for publication on our website soon um but okay we've said from the beginning we're approaching this from a scientific point of view you know, the theological implications or the philosophic or the social implications, everyone can see it in their own way and draw right. from it what they want. But the facts are the facts. And Absolutely. this is what we're presenting and this is what we're analyzing. Right. And just for the record, do you um, I mean, for those that are that are maybe watching or listening once sure. this gets out there that are skeptical, do you I don't want to put words in your mouth. So sure. I'll ask, do you encourage them to try and, uh, you know, uh, debunk in a in a in a reasonable way and in a logical right. way your yeah. your work? Because well, I mean, absolutely. But and, well, they they don't need any encouragement. from me. Well, okay, Fair enough. They, uh, they don't need any encouragement from me. But but you know, they, they pick up the slightest thing they can. Um, uh, for example, one person said, well, in, in one facial recognition report, it says that the, the 1940s Sister Lucy is the same as the 1967 Sister Lucy, but it's obviously there's a totally different woman in 1982. I mean, that's a totally different woman from the old Sister Lucy. Uh, the one that appears all the way to 2005, that's definitely not her. Um, so, 
but this comes up in the report, you know, something in their analysis or their programs uh, came out with this. Okay, fine. First of right. all, it says that there was a switch somewhere along the line. Secondly, it proves that we're treating it in an objective way. Uh, the reason I seem almost, I don't know, like it's like a, you know, making an apologetic or some kind of like appeal about this whole thing is because so much evidence has piled up that it's right. time to put this evidence and the conclusions from this evidence in the face of the world, in the face of churchmen, and in the face of the Vatican. Because anyone who knows the Catholic Church, anyone who knows the way things go, if something happened to Sister Lucia Fatima, the ultimate order would have to come from the Vatican. I don't know anyone who says anything different. I mean, right. that's now, yeah. ultimately who did it. Of course, no doubt, probably it came from the top. Right. It would have to come from the top. Someone of that significance is not gotten rid of or bumped off without the top signing off on it. I don't see how... I don't see any and other analysis of the situation. Speaking speaking of signing off uh, oh, on, yeah. uh, on things, what <laughs> if you could explain to us, doctor, what are okay. we looking at here with this State Department document from okay. uh, October 11th, 1958? Okay, this is, well, first of all, let me explain why we're even interested in anything like this, because we're actually pursuing this with the FBI, CIA, uh, State Department, and Justice Department right now. All right. Oh, we're, so you, all right. We're, we're okay. We're in the process of uh, investigating it and requesting uh, documents from them right now. And if we don't find what we need and we think they have it, we're going to sue the government to get those documents declassified right. or we're going to do that. So let me just say this. We believe from our evidence and from what we've seen with the pictures, the handwriting, that the real Sister Lucy disappeared around 1959. Okay. Now, so there was a conclave, and that's in a, a coming together of the all the cardinals of the Catholic Church into a meeting. You know, they're locked away in the uh, Sistine Chapel, and they meet there until they elect a pope. Okay, and the left. Yep. Okay, so and and just sorry to, for the audience, the, the okay. smoke comes out of the, yeah, the smoke the, comes out of the chimney, indicating yeah. whether there's a successful election or an unsuccessful election. So there was a conclave in 1958. In October, on October 9th, 1958, Pope Pius XII, who led the church through, you know, the World War II. And, you know, everything surrounding that war uh, and who was considered, a, a, you know, a traditional source of doctrine and practice. Right. Um, he died in 1958 and on October 9th. Well, the, we find out from this State Department telegram coming from the U.S. ambassador to Italy. Okay. Okay. From the U.S. ambassador to Italy. Can you go to the bottom? I just want to remember his name. I'm, I'm okay. Zellerbach. Yeah. Zellerbach. Yeah. Uh, Zellerbach. Ambassador Zellerbach. He wrote a, a telegram on October 11th. So two days after the death of the Pope to 
the Secretary of State, John Foster Dulles. This was during the Eisenhower administration. Oh my gosh. He uh, wrote a letter Just saying, beautiful lineup. Yeah. I mean, yeah, and, Dulles. And, and you uh, know John Foster Dulles. Yeah. Um, I actually met and interviewed his brother, Avery Dulles, who became a, a Catholic cardinal. Uh, you know, it's a big sort of, you know, that, elite, right elite there. family yeah, absolutely. who was involved in setting up the CIA and, and yep. all these things. Um, this The ambassador to Italy wrote this secret telegram that was declassified, so we're not stealing anything, um, that said, okay, that's, that pointed to the fact that we have, we have a source in the Vatican that's talking to us. Right. And if you can move down on, uh, okay. So this source in the Vatican is telling, just if you could just move it down a slight bit, that whole, okay, or make it smaller. Yeah. Uh, so I can read the whole thing. Okay. Um, okay, I think I got it. So he's telling the um, Secretary of State that we have a source in the Vatican who's telling this, telling us this about the situation. What's good, what he's telling us what's going to happen, what the lineup is, what the political dynamic is uh, in, mm. in Rome during this critical time. Okay. This is after the war, World War II. This is during the Cold War. This is when Italy is basically under uh, US domination, you know, but there's a big communist party uh, element in Italy. Uh, yep. they're trying to suppress or keep out of the government. And uh, this is, don't forget, in the days of Operation Gladio, which you've probably heard of. Yes. Um, and um, within that context, he says this about the upcoming uh, election. He said, if you can make it a tiny bit smaller, I can't quite read the screen. Tiny bit, I'm missing something. Okay. Um, speculating on... Pius XII's successor, source says Conclave could very well choose an old cardinal whose short pontificate may be devoted entirely to the reorganization of the Vatican Curia, the Vatican bureaucracy, the Roman Curia, which is the Vatican bureaucracy, left by deceased Pope in deplorable state. This is a direct quote from the source that the mm. Vatican bureaucracy was in a, a deplorable state after the death of Pius XII. Okay, whatever. But here's the critical part. A source indicated election of Cardinals Siri, Ruffini, Ottaviani would be misfortune for church since these three Cardinals have an, quote, unrealistic approach to great problems facing oh my god <laughs> okay, okay source said election of any one of three could depend on influence in other words blocking the election yeah of one of these three uh could depend on influence of american cardinals okay and there was three at the time and volunteered suggestion the source U.S. authorities could do well exercise discreetly the, quote, their own influence 
on certain American Cardinals. Oh my! In other words, God. pressure. Yeah. The three American Cardinals. Yep. yep. To make sure these three men were not elected to the papacy, they named them Siri, Ruffini, and Ottaviani. Let me yeah. just tell you, these are the most traditional, most orthodox from a Catholic perspective, the most orthodox and the most anti-communist of all the cardinals, okay? And so why would the United States government see it as sort of a, a you know, a reason of state, a, a, a uh, an interest uh, of theirs interest of national security yeah. of national security to put pressure on the american cardinals to yeah. make sure one of these three men did not get elected doctor i don't mean to put words in your and, mouth and but, so, I, but yeah. I mean they're not I, saying like yeah. some soviet agent make sure they're not elected yeah. make sure these hardcore anti-communist yes. um traditional um Catholic cardinals that yeah. are going to maintain the church in its doctrine as it was that make sure they're not elected Do uh, doctor i wanted to ask I, I was actually going to ask this either way but this is a great transition to that um do it, you um okay. uh, this might be can a bit I make, of a can i make one more point sure. here sir? Oh, please please by all means okay. there were three because there were three american cardinals one was at the time going to rome that went to rome for this conclave one was mm. from L.A., McGuire. One was from New York, Spellman. And one was from Detroit, Mooney. Uh, the only three. There was only three at the time. And let me say, let me say this. Mooney, who was from Detroit, died in Rome three hours before the conclave began. Oh my! What was the? Did they what know the cause it? of death? Death? Like I don't know. Heart? You know? Oh my gosh! <laughs> CIA? Um, I don't know. Death, heart CIA. attack? I don't know. Well, if I, I if I, could, I really don't know. I don't. I, no, I don't mean to. Sorry, I don't mean death, to. CIA. I don't mean. Well, I I don't mean to. I, I mean, uh, what are yeah. the odds? You know, you we've been on long plane rides. All the. I mean, that's a long plane ride from Detroit all the way to Rome. He survives all that. Fine. Settles into Rome. Three hours it, yeah. before the con three, I mean, the three hours, not three days, not three weeks, not three months, three hours before the conclave, he dies. Yeah, he was not going to vote how they wanted him to. That is obvious. That, okay, so I did want to say, not that I'm trying to um, uh, right. imply this directly, but sure. if, if we look at the church and Warren commissions of the 60s and the 70, early, early mid-70s, we'll see, I mean, to be quite honest, not saying this was the case, but it, uh, uh, not saying this was the instance in this particular case, but the CIA did in fact have the ability to, they did have what was called a heart attack gun. It, it literally, literally yeah. create yeah made it look like a, you had a, a natural heart attack and no one would sure. be able to know the difference and that was back then right so yeah, again I, patents. I, we're not I, saying they did anything i also they, not saying they didn't know but but i mean what are the mathematical odds yes of that yeah. one of three cardinals from the u.s who who sort of receives this warning from the u.s government don't elect these people these Oh, God, God, just, that one yeah. of them is going to die <laughs> hours before the conclave. 
I mean, if he died in the conclave, it would be pro- maybe considered scandalous. But three hours before, no problem. He just dropped but, dead. Well, this is what uh, yeah, this is another. I don't thing know. Too. I don't know. I don't know. But well, I wanted. I, I did want to mention very quickly before I go to my question for uh, to you, Doctor, uh, for the audience, folks. Keep in mind again. 1950s again the, on our end the Griotta Treaty things like this the uh, the the Dolls Brothers the, the, the flyover assembly of Washington D.C. there there was right. just so much in the 50s right there the changing the, the military industrial complex yes. Eisenhower yeah. warning Operation of that Gladio yeah yep Gladio operation huge yep. it was absolutely I mean it was so active in Italy I I mean I did well, so yeah. well, you're about to ask your your uh, question on for our own audience but, Actually, well uh, sorry I, uh, not exactly i did okay uh, if go it's ahead. all right just yeah, before you, i wanted to ask from this document um i was going to ask it either way doctor but go ahead go ahead this, whether we're looking at this document or not do you believe that this is indicative of of a sort of rogue element within the vatican and i say this because last week when we spoke off the off privately um we had discussed about again the the foundations of the church are a very nice thing it's the people within them so so do you does this uh, do you believe there is a sort of shadow government ro- uh, sorry shadow group rogue element in the the, well, the Vatican there was a shadow there was a shadow rogue group in the Vatican clearly in 1950s and during this conclave but there's they're not in the shadows anymore they're out in in right. broad daylight right right and that's, and, I mean, and that's... the other ones are gone the other right. ones were like for example, Siri and Ruffini and Ottaviani, they were side they were sidelined. Do you think there needs to be a, 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 a I don't want to put this out to the people in the wrong way, but a cleansing of the system well, within the Vatican? That's what I was about to ask. No yeah, doubt. no doubt. Okay, so I, I mean, Catholics who believe in Catholic morality. I mean, but that builds perfectly into my question. I made sure I wanted to make sure I asked um, before the end here. What do you think should take place for that cleansing that is just very widely known to be needed in the Vatican are we talking Nuremberg style trials here of the of the leadership are we talking mm. a breakaway sort of um, uh, Martin Luther King style from the church or what what are what are we talking about it seems think? to be pretty rotten within yeah, yeah. well it's, it's rotten within there has to be a cleansing and the first the first m- movement has to be the statement of truth. There has to be Catholics that come forward that attest to Catholic doctrine and say, you've changed Catholic doctrine in order to make the Catholic church acceptable to this new world that they're creating. Okay. It's impossible. Without that first, absolutely. without, Without that first, without that statement, then they have to be removed. Then these people who, who have lost their faith, Decades ago, they probably lost their faith in the fifties. They, 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 yeah, lost their faith. They don't, in, they don't in have the spirituality. They have faith in their power. That's about they it. They have a yeah. faith in their power. They have, you know, there's the huge sort of, you know, homosexual element in the mm-hmm. whole scattered to the whole organization. There's the, you know, hard left and uh, the, but of course, a huge thing is the Masonic infiltration. Yeah. There is ev- excellent evidence, and your your readers can no doubt identify it in the on the internet that John the Twenty Third, the man who was elected in that conclave, that it, that uh, how many days later after this, uh, sixteen days no seventeen days after this telegram right. was issued seventeen so two and a half weeks later 
a man was elected, Angelo Roncalli, who many have testified was an active uh, Freemason who was in, uh, brought into Freemasonry when he was Vatican ambassador to Turkey, and then you know brought in also to another um, lodge in Paris when he was Vatican ambassador after World War II uh, to France. So this there's mm. this Masonic infiltration of the Vatican and some nun who says, you know, you got to convert, you got to do penance, you, uh, you, you know, you, you have to pray and you have to, uh, and there's going to be a great assault on your faith. And probably, you know, what was in that third secret? Probably this. That's what I was about <laughs> right. to say. It really seems you know, like this could have been the, the this yeah. Is the, this, okay, listen, those three little children at the age of 10 and seven and nine were threatened with boiling in oil by oh the uh, Portuguese authorities in their area, you know, and they, they, they really believed that they were going to be boiled in oil and they refused to give up the secret. You know why? Because the blessed Virgin Mary said, don't do it. Don't give right. it. Don't, don't, this is not to be revealed now. They stood by. They stood by, even though little children were threatened with being boiled in oil. They they didn't do it. They weren't. But, you know. Uh, I don't think people, re sorry, I just want, I don't think people realize how courageous you have to be at the age of seven, uh, yeah, uh, yeah. ten to, they to took say. They one after yeah. the other. They took one after the other. Okay, Francisco's, he went back there. He's being boiled in oil. Okay, you're he's dead. Oh my god. Now the next one, the nine-year-old, you know, the oh so they tried to play and, tricks on their on their minds. You, you go in there, you'll be boiled yeah. in oil. Lucia was the last one, and she had to believe her two beloved cousins were boiled in oil, and she was next in a matter of moments. And of course, she doesn't know any different. These yeah. are these are local leaders, these are men of honor and integrity or supposedly and supposedly yeah and exactly then, you know and so she didn't give it up then and it must have been of great import she couldn't write it down even in the 1940s unless she was ordered to yeah because it was some little pious vision some little pious right. picture of course not the reason why the third secret had to be suppressed and the, the messenger of the third secret was because the, it pointed the finger at, at the church. people that were taking over at this time. Yeah. And it would have told everyone. That's why the Blessed Virgin Mary said uh, that it should be revealed, but it had to be revealed by 1960. And then I mean, they asked Sister Lucy, why 1960? And you know what she said? Because it will be clearer at that point it'll be clearer mm. that just seems so indicative of exactly the turning to, of tide in the church exactly at that time exactly at this time yes it just seems to really really point to exactly this and, and also relative to our research that oh. the uh the influence and this is something that is probably hard for a lot of traditional minded catholics to accept because right. they've sort of grown up in a I don't know. I, I call it an Americanist type of... In a bubble? Yeah. Um, uh, yeah and it, well, in a certain way, like this, from the 40s and 50s, there was right. this sort of worship of the American system. Right. Um, 
and they this 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 points the finger at the U.S. government. It does its involvement with the church. It's demand that well, you know, you can have your the externals of your religion, but the core of it, the core of your message, has to change. Yeah, and that's and the U.S. Yes. government has been influence influencing the Vatican uh, and. And not not by the way, I do have a lot of respect for the American Constitution, but one of the the amendments is uh, the separation of church, church and state. And I mean, state, and they God, were, my gosh, it is just apparent and literally in yeah. words that they were exercising their influence of over the church, and it's yeah, not like the what, church is supposed what, to stay separate. The government is supposed what to stay happened. Separate. 1965, the, the church does a hunt support. You know, the, those who claim the authority in the church did a 180 degree turnaround and uh, said, well, no, the teaching that, you know, other religions can be tolerated, but the true religion, you know, is the one that has the right to exist. Um, that's totally changed. Now all religions have a right to exist and uh, uh, people have the right to accept whatever they want as the truth and yeah. the state can't intervene in any way. Mm in any way whatsoever you know well that's i mean whatever you yeah. think about that it's 180 degrees it is a change of pitch in time absolutely. absolutely and that was 1965 you know that's why they have to get rid of all the remnants of tradition a, a huge one was sister lucy that's what i'm reading into this but it's yeah. it's clear in clear sight in right sight, yes Right. Now, Doctor, before we, we, we wrap this up, and I, I wanted to ask my uh, question uh, that we spoke of earlier, is there anything that we missed or something that maybe you wanted to make more clear to our audience before we, well, we wrap it up? Um, uh, well, just in this regard, uh, we are at this moment looking for more documents from this period of time coming because, again, we want facts. We want verifiable facts. Everyone talks. And everyone has an opinion about the situation at church. Well, let's find out what actually happened from this objective source that didn't right. know we'd be reading their telegrams in the uh, like we're looking specifically at this ambassador, um, the U.S. government at this point. What is it saying about what happened in that conclave in October 1958? Because there was various things that happened. You know, changing of the color of the smoke in on October twenty sixth. It would may uh, I should mention this October twenty sixth, nineteen fifty eight, the day after the conclave started. White smoke is coming from the chimney, meaning there's been a pope that's elected. It comes out for five minutes. White. It goes. It goes out over Vatican radio. A pope has been elected. Everything's getting prepared for the new pope to come out correct onto the balcony and to, to see the people tens of thousands of people in saint peter's square and guess what nobody comes out then that night the vatican radio comes out well it was a because it was a mistake no pope was elected sorry two days later angelo roncalli who comes out as john the 23rd comes out on the balcony ready to change everything two days later he also wow. as totally against precedent when the, there's a pope elected and he 
they're supposed to release the cardinals from the conclave. You go, you know, you're all released. You've done your job. However, he kept them in another night to talk. <laughs> oh my totally God. What, what are they? What, are, what, are, what uh, if we could be a fly on the wall? What were you talking about? Oh, they were. Oh, the, the doctor, please pay no attention. They were playing Monopoly. There's no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, but yeah. I, I mean, all, all jokes aside, though, my, yeah, yeah. I just wanted to say, uh, I. First off, uh, Camden and I are, and I'm sure our audience are extremely grateful for you coming on, sir, for you presenting this body of work in the way that you have and explaining it the way that you have. I sure. don't think it could have been explained any more clearly, to be honest. Um, and the the, the final thing I, I just wanted to ask, sure. as, as we had uh, prepared, uh, spoke about earlier, was um, the uh, for the record for the audience, none of this was uh, like no questions were pre-orchestrated or anything like that. It was totally free-flowing, um, yes. except for this one question so you had said last week you are not of the belief of uh, extraterrestrials coming from uh, outer space or anything like this um and i not again not to debate but genuinely would just like to understand know your take on 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 why that is the case uh, maybe you believe they're from another uh, dimension or maybe they don't exist at all in, in your belief uh, relative to what the news has been saying about there's these objects we're not saying they're alien but we don't know what they are what sure, do you yeah. what do you think uh, doctor think relative I, to your I faith i appreciate the the you know the 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 question of what are these objects what are what are these the various pictures and situations in which it seems like there's this unknown element uh you know in the skies whether it's right. ships or so on um there's several there's several things first of all i think it's strange that there's never i mean there's not again just like the, with our investigation, I want to see the concrete de evidence. Like, mm. who uh, give show me the like the documents, the, the data, doc the documents, the, the where there's or the pictures or of aliens who have been um, come down to Earth and who have interacted somehow. And if they right. haven't, why haven't they interacted? That's a big point. Um, but. It, sorry, if you're as, as a devout Catholic sure. as much as you are, sure. if one were to come, like we have the, the Pope recently well, saying, I think last year that he would bless an alien if there was an existence okay. of them. Um, <laughs> what do you surprise me? Nothing surprised. Okay, well, this is this is significant because you should know that the, the Vatican is actually more open to it than I am. Um, they're actually they have these probes and they're you know looking in with with uh you know, satellites and things, trying to see if there's any messages from outer space. And uh, right. Uh, so, I mean, would you be sorry? Would you be um, if if someone were to come to you in the way that you have come to us sure. with, with such evidence? Would you be relative to your devout faith as a Catholic? Would would you open like? Would you subscribe to this or? Uh, yeah. Well, I'd have to see that. I'd have to see what was presented. Sure. Right. Yeah. But uh, just to see, you know, maybe there's some aspect of creation that we don't know about and i you know right. there's a lot of paranormal things that appear in our world that you know can be explained for example demonic manifestations right which are you know it, it's uh 83 of americans have experienced paranormal uh, uh events in their house there was a poll out just last month i don't know if you saw that but uh so that's a pretty there's there's the definitely the paranormal is is present 
um, you know, just finding out what it is. It, a lot of it's a demonic activity in my mind. I believe, well, I can tell you personally, uh, yeah. I, I personally believe in the, ever, like the exorcisms, um, sure. exorcists. Uh, it was, yeah, like all, all of that. Um, I, I certainly, well, there's been too much of that to say it's all, it's oh, BS. No, yeah, you know? there's too much, there's too much of it. And, um, but the biggest point here, and I think this is for me, uh, the, the biggest thing that I focus on, it, we believe in the incarnation as Christians, we believe in the incarnation right. that God, the second person of the Trinity came down, became a man, took on human flesh in order to save men from sins, evil, the devil, and bring him to a better state of existence and right. union with him, with God himself. So to me, um, uh, the idea of aliens uh, denigrates or, or lessens the importance that man has in creation because okay, you know, the right. scriptures and the book of Genesis seem to indicate clearly that man is the center of creation, like the high point of creation. And I don't see how intelligent life coming from outer space would fit into that, you know, because there's a, very a, lot, fair of, argument. There's a lot of theological problems like did Christ's death on the cross redeem these people also, even mm. though he he became a man? And are, you know, are they are they men? Are they are they? Yeah, I see they, what you're I, saying. I mean, we have to say would we would have to say I think that they're rational, but right. you know, how do they fit into the whole scheme of things? And did Christ re redeem them, or? Uh, you know, did they fall into sin? And so all these theological issues would be well if i could if i could say doctor to add to sure. your point to to play both sides of the uh the, sure. the, the argument here um there in the film uh prometheus total science fiction uh, directed by ridley scott uh there's um a point where the, it, it, shortly in the near future humans go and they end up finding very very far away from earth in this movie they find life and they find that the, the life they found those beings actually created humans and so one of the re researchers has a, a cross on um, and then also has, I think, a picture of uh, the, the the Blessed Mother Mary. And her husband says, oh, you, you can uh, you can take those off now. She goes, why? He goes, well, we found out who our creators are. And then she says, well, who made them? Right. You know, so. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the, 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 the creator God would create, would have to create any kind of rational life is is clear. Right. You know, well, well and, uh, and so yeah. the question is, you know, why weren't these mentioned if it, if why weren't these mentioned, say, for example, in the scriptures, these right. beings, why weren't they mentioned in tradition? Um, you know, what what are we to think of them with regard to the incarnation and the redemption? These are these are issues that we'd have to think about theologically. Yeah. I mean, if we're ever confronted with the fact that there are aliens. And, you know, right. by our faith alone, we can't completely dismiss the idea that empirically there, were, there, there are aliens or from a different planet. Well, I, I, because I it, just, our yeah. faith doesn't directly address that, but I think it, it never says no, but it, no, also it never says, it never says say no, no, no. And in fact, yeah. one very uh, traditional, um, one very traditional writer who wrote in the 40s, uh, Father Fahi, I think he was an Irishman. I think I think it was in his writing. He said that if there were aliens, it would just further show show the plenitude of God's creation. 
you know, and uh, mm-hmm. fullness of that creation. And, you know, that's perhaps, a good point. Perhaps, that's a very perhaps, perhaps. I mean, who are we to say, God, you can do this and not do that? So. <laughs> well, I just want not, not, not that, well, oh, fair point. No. Exactly. Not that I'm anyone of significance to pass judgment, but I just wanted to say, doctor, the, uh, that I, I really appreciate your perspective there. And I genuinely okay. do because sure. the, I mean, there's a, there's a lot of people and it's not just like what you have with sister Lucy here. It's yeah. not about, it's not about saying you're, you're wrong. I'm right. It's about getting to the bottom of it. You're so, getting to the bottom of it. And also, you know, let, let the, what the government knows about all these situations, let them come clean on it. Why, right. why, why do they lie to us in any way? They, they yes. just have lied for so long. It would honestly almost even be hard to trust them coming forward with anything. Cause sure. why is that beneficial for I you mean, to tell us now? Yeah, I know. And, just and, you know, I've gone into this, but I'm, in, I'm interested in all these other, uh, so many other things, but um, yeah, I, I, yeah. Let them reveal if they were in, because another thing, and they, the historian of the United States has this on their website, right. uh, the historian of the uh, State State Department, I think, uh, has this document, which is typed out. Um, it's in, it's from, you know, a, a testimony that Dwight Eisenhower in 1959, in a part of a peace uh effort you know he was going around the middle east and europe seeking peace you know <laughs> right yeah and, uh, and um eisenhower went and met with john the 23rd in the vatican uh on december uh, i can't remember i think it was late december uh 1959 and they were in perfect agreement and and uh praising each other and mm. saying well i hope basically eisenhower was saying uh, we hope you support us and the John the 23rd, you know, in our efforts to achieve peace and uh, uh, a balance in the world and, you know, and uh, things. My, I just wanted to say the U.S. policy. You know? Thank you for bringing that up, doctor. I just want to say for our audience, Eisenhower is a big one. So, again, take that as you will. You. Folks, yeah. That- and and if if something happened from uh, concerning Sister Lucy, and it came, some part of it came from the U.S. government. It would have to in- involve Eisenhower. Mm, I, 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 I would get around that. Whether I couldn't it agree more. Whether takeover of the institution of the Catholic Church in 1958 or, you know, the disappearance of uh, Sister Lucy. Um, in, if it, anything came from the, the government, it, Eisenhower would be involved and John Foster Dulles. And, it's, right. and, you know, John the 23rd is very, yes, we support your peace initiatives. And even though we don't have military forces, we have many spiritual uh, avenues that we can uh, pursue in order to mm. help bring about this, the world peace and, uh, right. you know, stability and that-, that you're talking about. So in other words, they were lining up together and probably because John the 23rd uh, knew who helped get him in power and who suppressed the yeah. of his enemies. Right. Um, I just wanted to say to, 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 to wrap this up, doctor, if sure. you could tell everyone where they can find uh, your work and if there's anything else you wanted to mention in terms of uh, getting a hold of you or anything like that. Sure. Okay. I'll just give you the, the, our, our site where we have all our published professional information uh, is sisterlucytruth.org. 
And um, I have my own blog in which I publish various things. It's called um, Rad Trad uh, Thomas T H O M. It was, it was on the screen earlier when we were pulling up those okay. uh, images. It was it was on the bottom corner back there yeah. because they were y'all's right. images showing up so much. But so the, sure. they've seen the URL. Right. It's okay. It's, it's there. Rad Trad Thomas. That's where I publish the new things that we've come up with and found and just various commentaries that I have on various things. And if you would like to contact me, if you're interested in this matter or you have some avenue that you think we should pursue, my email address is the word justice with the letters PC after it and uh, all one word and then at yahoo.com. Contact me if you're interested and uh, if you have something we can share and uh, we'd like to hear from you because we really want to get this information in front of the public, whatever you can give us to help us, you know, keep going and pay for all this in professional investigation, just go to sisterlucytruth.org uh, slash donate. And um, because we're really, you know, have very few funds and um, we wanna keep going and we're, we're gonna keep going. We got so much on, we can hardly put it up. It And it's all, you know, um, amateur <laughs> amateur hour in the sense that we all have full-time jobs and yet we try to give what we can to this this very important subject well doctor thank you so so very much and again this has been a fantastic conversation and for everyone watching and listening we will uh, catch all of you next time around thank you so much folks